From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're way too hyped in this place here. <laughs> I hope you're having a wonderful day at the moment. It's yes. Christmas Day, so if you're not having a good day today, then, then I'll know. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it for the year. Yeah. But anyway, so we decided to surprise you with another Christmas episode because we had so much fun mm-hmm. doing the last one. Yep. And it seemed you guys really, really liked it. So we're like, okay, you know what? And considering we had to skip out on, what, two weeks? Two years of episodes. I and guess. we've had issues since then let's mm. just put it that way so we're like you know what we Surprise owe you guys you so mommy Yako, please leave me alone i've given you a christmas episode. exactly that should keep you happy <laughs> all right so here we go and i just want you guys to know that preparing for christmas episode is probably like the most the most difficult yeah. of all the episodes all the episodes Absolutely. we do it's kind of it's surprisingly hard to find, find Christmas related Christmassy news. related mm. news so I had to stretch the bounds of <laughs> Christmas a bit here but anyway we hope you enjoy it so yes, we're gonna absolutely. just jump on in right all right so in the news um, in Kaduna a Nigerian Muslim woman has donated food items and uh, I think cloth to Christian widows for Christmas and she made the donations to she made a donation to some churches and this kind gesture was to, as she said, to shun all forms of ethno-religious and political crisis, as she said. Um, she particularly supported Christian widows so that they too can enjoy the season. Mm. Her target was about 200 poor Christian widows as well as internally displaced persons. Now, I feel this is very commendable. A commendable yes, act a lovely mm, thing to do. by Hajia Ramatu Tijani, that's her name. Uh, too often during Christmas, we're worried about, oh, what will I eat? What will I wear? What outfits will I sew? Blah, 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 blah. It's all about us. But we should remember that um, it's not always about us. A lot of people are alone at this time. Mm-hmm. Or have it much worse, worse than, than we, we think do. we yes. do. Yes, right. and it's the season to give. So, um, I mean, we all know people who are struggling or who are facing rough times, not necessarily because it's their fault even, but mm-hmm. just because life has just, screwed, yeah, life has just screwed them over that way. So if it is within your means, do something small for somebody. Bake a cake or buy them some water or pay it forward. Sometimes it really is the little things that count. Mm-hmm. What she's done is a really commendable act. She's Muslim. She didn't have to do right. that. She doesn't celebrate Christmas, but she thought it would be a nice thing to do. And it's, I think it's something worth emulating. Yes, and, and commending. So mm-hmm. shout outs to you, Hajja Absol- Tijani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, yeah, eat away. That's my news. We're keeping yeah, it pretty nice short. And, okay. Yeah, nice and short. <laughs> so I don't know how to be short. <laughs> concise, but let's go. All right, so in the news this week, there was a headline or an article that went viral. Actually, a number of um, news outlets covered it. And the headline said something to the effect that 30% or one-third of people think that Santa should be either female or gender neutral, Mm. right? So my first inclination was to ask, ah, why? First of all, why? Why, yeah. And secondly, who is it that is feeling oppressed by the fact that there's some rotund, <laughs> benevolent home invader, you know, out there, 
who comes and gives you gifts Guess, and, mm. you know, slides down your chimney without permission. And the fact that he's male is somehow <laughs> upsetting your apple cart. Mm. Like, who is that, right? I'm like, I don't see... It's like a pick your... Well, this is not... This is a non-issue. He's not even a it's real... A, yeah, he's not it's even not real. a real issue. Just, <laughs> you know? So anyway, after I went through that entire, you know, thought process... And, you know, went online and saw that people were, of course, ridiculing feminists because, mm. you know, perfect opportunity, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, they're not serious and look at what they're talking about and blah, blah, blah. I came across another article um, which basically said the story is a non... It has been blown out of proportion mm-hmm. intentionally and it's been intentionally, you know... Uh, written for maximum clickbait. It's basically clickbait, Mm. right? Mm. And a lot of the times... And he said there was a a specific term for it. I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But it's like some articles that are intentionally blown out of proportion to discredit a group. So basically, it was kind of like, oh... They wanted people to like be bashing mm, and discrediting, so like that's why they, you know, mm. social movements and you know things like that. Mm. So they, um, you know, put this out there because they knew people would be like, ah, oh, what rubbish! See these stupid, <laughs> right? So I actually, so I went to look at, you know, read in detail where these numbers that they they stated came from, and actually, so a company called Graphic Spring pulled four hundred people. 400 or and out of the 400 10% said they feel like so the poll was how do you think we could modernize uh, the image of Santa Claus so it wasn't actually as though people were like saying that they no the, the poll said okay in what way do you think we could modernize Santa mm-hmm. and some of the responses were like okay make him gender neutral mm-hmm. make him female mm-hmm. make him one of them was make him a slim muscly guy with tattoos <laughs> <laughs> I guess like a rock a biker Santa mm-hmm. so 10% of the people said okay maybe make Santa female mm-hmm. and 17 percent said, uh, you know, make him gender neutral. neutral. Mm-hmm. So for those that did math, <laughs> 10% or 400 is 40 people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. in the whole world, 40 people <laughs> said that, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to find a way to modernize him, make, make him, him gen- female would do right, it. Right. And that has, be- and the articles themselves have been shared like two, three hundred thousand times and people are going on and on yeah and i remember on. seeing the headline right. i remember i mean it's literally gone viral and it's gone viral based off of a nothingness and it's people. unnecessary and Santa it's is not, like you said Santa's not real so what is what's the really the fuss what's the fuss about so this? anyway there is no war on santa like people <laughs> pretended there was a war on christmas you remember i don't mm. know if you guys remember that episode mm. There is no war on Santa. Nobody is bothered that Santa is male. No. And nobody is trying to, you know, add, trying to make him gender neutral or anything like that. So that was the... F- so, yeah. That's my in the news this uh, week. The ridic- fake war on Santa. Absolutely um, ridiculous. Yeah. What so, I also don't... Sorry. What I also don't understand is why people still tell their children that Santa brings the gifts. Is that not lying to your kids? It is. But you know uh, what? So like- I went through the whole... I think... I, I don't enjoyed think I ever having did. that mm. magic, you know, as mm. a child. We did, my parents did all that. Tooth mm. Fairy. Oh, wow. Santa, <laughs> Easter Bunny. Wow. We had the whole <laughs> shebang. And I don't think there was really a time when they sat me down like, I have mm. bad news. Okay. I think I just, to at a certain age, and that's part of your own evolution right. and growth. You right. yourself, you're like, 
That man ain't real. Yeah, First of all, because I like when he stops bringing you gifts, we don't have a chimney. So how is he? I remember Mm. asking my mom once, "How did he get in?" Because all the stories say chimney, and she's like, "Oh, I mean, okay, for us, he came through the window, right?" (laughs) But no, she went hide, you know, because we did the whole you leave milk and cookies. Oh my god, I'm sounding so dada be right Mm -hmm. now. Anyway. Leave the milk and cookies, and I think she'd get up in the night and come and like nibble it and stuff. Oh so it'd be goodness. like, Oh, Santa came, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, he'd like the cookie. Oh my god, anyway, shout nah, out to no, my parents, man, they because you, but... they did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Amazing. okay, so that was my in the news, okay, right. So, on to the songs of the week, as it's Christmas, I've got three Christmassy songs Yay. for you. The first one is from a band called the Kwampa Band. And I don't know whether you've heard of them. I, I first heard of them on the radio and they did a version of 12 Days of Christmas. Wait, I have that too. But you okay, do? Yeah, <laughs> my songs are going okay. But it's a different It's a different, yeah, name. this sort of, yeah, I think they called it on the first day of Christmas, I think. And they've sort of, they kept it limited to five days. On the first day, they talk about the partridge, and then they start, start talking about Paya and Angwamu, and then Fanta and Katia, and all sorts of, like, they made it a Ghanaian, mm-hmm. a Ghanaian song, so to speak. And um, I thought it was really catchy. I thought it's really nice, something which is yeah. contextual to Ghana, I guess. And I, the only thing that I found about them is that they make, uh, yeah, they make music, particularly palm wine music, and that was about it. I didn't, I didn't really get too much information on them. But it's great. There's this short clip on YouTube if you like, check mm-hmm. that out. It's, it's really dope. Ghanaian sort of kind of 12 days of Christmas. Yes. And the second song that I have for you is a song called Alle Jahre Wieder. That's a German Christmas carol written by Johann Wilhelm Hay in 1837. And this song uh, reminds me pretty much of my childhood and um, all those German carols we used to listen to. <laughs> and the song uh, sort of translates to every year the Christ child comes to earth where we children are so. And for me, it's just, just a really nostalgic song reminding me of the good old days when everything was wonderful and we didn't Charlie. have worries and all those things. So that's, that's a nice one as well. And the third song is a song called Mary Did You Know by Pentatonics. I'm sure everybody, most, or most people know Pentatonics. Somebody actually said Christmas is Pentatonics Coco season. <laughs> <laughs> I found it so hilarious. Like this is the time when they, they super shine. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know, the Pentatonic is an American uh, a cappella group and they're incredibly talented singers and they're incredibly smart as well. They've won three Grammys and the name Pentatonics is, oh, the, the, their name is named, they're named after the pentatonic scale, which is a musical scale with five notes per octave and these five notes per octave represent the five members of you. So three songs I have for you. The first one is Kwampa Band on the first day of Christmas. The second one is Alea Revida. And the third one is Mary Did You Know by the Pentatonics. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I also have three songs, which are all Christmas songs as well. Now, my first song, I went to, you see, okay, let me just tell you what it is first. <laughs> let me start from the beginning. So the first song I picked here was Baby, It's Cold Outside. And this is the Michael Bublé and Idina Menzel version. Now, the song was first written in... 1944 by Broadway songwriter 
Frank Lesser or Loser for and it was it's a call and response song and um, he wrote it with his wife who's also a singer in mine and her name is Lynn Garland. Now I've always loved that song. I absolutely adore that song. So when I was looking up and looking at who wrote it, then I realized that there's this entire cancel baby. It's called outside controversy going on. Yes, 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 yes. That the is supposed to be like you know people have decided that it is um, basically a date rape song. Rape, or yeah, 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 yeah. Right, because you know. Um, he's, he insists throughout the song that she stay, even though she's giving various reasons why she has to leave. Now, I was like, oh. So I did more reading and more reading, and you know, I was like, okay, well, first of all, the, he wrote the song for his wife. So, one, it's written in a personal manner, right? From a personal perspective. So maybe that's one of the reasons why it seems over overly familiar secondly I do always have to I, I always you, what it gives me pause trying to apply 2018 sensibilities to period period uh, you know cultural artifacts because the times were different the sensibilities were different the attitudes were things were different but I also came across a really fantastic article saying how you know, the song, really, if you listen to the, the words of the song, she states that she's really had a lovely time and she, she, she likes this person, right? And all the reasons that she gave for having to go had nothing to do with her person. She referenced, oh, what would the neighbors think? Uh, my parents, my sister, my brother. So it was, nowhere in the song did it seem to be a matter of she just didn't want to be there anymore. So... And this song was used in a movie with uh, Ricardo Montalban and Emily Williams or something. I can't remember what it's called. But in the movie, at the end of it, she decided to stay. And so what one writer was saying was that is actually a powerful, subversive act. And it was her, you know... I guess claiming her agency and saying, forget what anybody else say, thinks. I want to be here. And I'm staying. And f later on in the movie, a woman actually sings that to a guy to convince mm -hmm. him to stay, which is also like considered quite scandalous for the time, you right. know, being so forward with a man. So I'm... I mean, I understand why some people are saying that, oh, it's, you know, no, he's, he was trying to remove her consent or ignore her consent. Right. But then I think there's also another way of looking at it that it was actually subverting gender expectations and gender norms of the time. And it was like, you know, an act of feminism, if you will. So anyways, I don't know. I, I don't know. I still like the song. I don't think... It was meant to be evil. Um, so that's my first song. Don't come for me, child, because, I mean, come for me if you want at your own risk. But it's Christmas, it's Christmas so calm down nice. and eat your food. So, yeah, that's the first song. And there have been so many versions of it. And this one is by, again, Michael Bublé and Idina Menzel. All right, so the next song I have is in the traditional category because this is like a non, is like a secular, but this one is um, actually sort of Christian and it's one I've always loved and it's Little Drummer Boy. Ah. Love, love, yes. love, love this song. So Little Drummer Boy was written in 1941 by American composer Catherine Kennicott Davis and it was first recorded in 1951 by the Von Trapp singers. Now everybody knows them because they're the family on whom the Sound of Music classic 
classic movie, movie absolutely <laughs> and you know when i was thinking i was thinking back on that movie and i was like wait a minute so the good sis maria she I mean, basically, like these nuns that were wilding last week. I'm like, ah, they say go and <laughs> teach children, children you and, and you go and fall in love with some with a man, an older man. Scandalous. <laughs> like, when you think about it, it's like, mm-mm, what happened to you? Thou, sister? I don't think she was a full, she was like, what, a novitiate or something. She wasn't a full nun. She wasn't a full nun. She was a nun in training, I think. I think so. I don't remember. But anyway, another example of how easily swayed <laughs> one can be. Faith is not super, super strong. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, so the song was popularized later on in 1958 by the Harry Simeon Chorale and that's the version that's the I guess seminal version or the most well-known version of it and that's the version I'm going with Little Drummer Boy by the Harry Simeon Chorale and now this song has been covered by everyone so people, including yeah. the legendary Bonnie M you guys know how I feel yeah. about Bonnie M <laughs> Justin Bieber has done a cover oh. Hill song The Supreme Stevie Wonder anyone you can think of has probably who has a Christmas album has done a cover of this song and um, yesterday I, I guess I'm hormonal or something because I was listening to yesterday and I remember that this song used to make me cry because it's about this little boy who has nothing right and you know the magi are presenting all these fabulous gifts for this newborn king and he says I am a poor boy I have nothing to give but I'll play my drum, drum for you as yeah. as as my you know way Gift to you. honor him. Mm. And he was so happy that the baby Jesus smiled at mm. him or whatever. I don't that's know. cute. <laughs> Very emotional about it. I don't know why. <laughs> so anyway, that's my second song. Mm. And my third song, actually Eddie just covered oh, it. Okay. So I couldn't find their name. I found their name as Palm Wine High Life Group. Okay, so, they're called Pampa or something. Okay. And um, as Eddie just said, this song, I guess it was 12 Days of Christmas or something. And, you know, it was a fabulous Ghanaian remix. Absolutely, I love it. It's Some great. of the, it was, there was Alewa in it. Alewa chewing gum. Uh, Fanta Ninkatia. Yes. Um, chewing gum. Kuntomire. <laughs> I love that bit, yeah. <laughs> Pie and everything. So I thought it was fabulous. We always talked about I think one year Eddie talked about doing Christmas the Ghanaian way. I think last year we touched on that. And I think this is a perfect example of how you do it. You take a product that is not necessarily yours, like 12 Days Christmas is very European. And you make it, you know, you remix it to, to your own settings Absolutely. and I love it. Love it. So that's me. Those are my three songs as well. Little nice. drummer boy. 12 days of Christmas and baby it's cold outside. Okie dokie. So we're on to Christmas what the F. <laughs> <laughs> so a woman is punishing her boyfriend very like so close to Christmas. Uh, now Dubai based Abby is mad at her boyfriend. What did he do? He bought a Christmas tree and didn't decorate it. So because of that, she's like, hmm, you, I'm going to show you. <laughs> so she goes to work and prints pictures, on, uh, prints pictures of her face, slaps some ribbons on there, and then hangs them on, on the tree. Mm -hmm. And then for the star, she has like a complete full-length picture of herself. Because just because her boyfriend had didn't. promised to do mm -hmm. the decor, he didn't. So the guy gets home from work only to see his girlfriend's face everywhere. She, of course, acts as though, like, what? I mean, she doesn't see anything wrong with what she's done. So he sends her a message because she's not home at, the, at that moment. And then he sends her some 
very pretty, pretty strong words about about the tree that he ah. hates it, <laughs> and keeps asking her that why have you done this? Why have you done this? She actually seems to be con- convinced that he likes it now, um, but I think secretly he's just waiting for Christmas to be over. Mm-hmm. Now. It's Christmas time. Please don't stress your partners with things like unnecessary, unnecessary things. It's just because of decorating a tree. Is it ever that serious? After I don't know, after a week or two, that tree is going to go into the dustbin mm-hmm. or whatever. If it's a plastic tree, maybe you pack it for the next year. But it's never that serious for you to get so passive aggressive and <laughs> indulge in self. But you know how they say Christmas time is when people go crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what it when they is. sit with their families and the politics and, and things I think come maybe out. People are spending too much money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> I was looking up wacky Christmas traditions around the world, things like that. Something that I could talk about. And one of them definitely caught my eye. And it's about the Yule Goat of Yavla, Sweden. (laughs) Exactly. So this What the F is is a two-parter. And you know how I love my multi-layered What the Fs. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Now, since 1966, the Swedish city of Yavla has erected a 42-foot statue crafted from straw and placed it in the um, town square. Um, And it's a 40-foot statue of a Yule goat, of basically a goat, Mm -hmm. which is called the Yule goat. Now, why a goat, you ask? (laughs) So according to Swedish lore, uh, dating back to the 11th century, St. Nicholas, which is who is now Santa Claus, Mm -hmm. you know... um, led a man-sized goat who was able to control the devil. (laughs) Don't ask. I don't know, man. So, um, but as you know, lore gets morphed and the myths get morphed over time. Mm -hmm. So by the time we... So the Yule Goat goes from in the 11th century being able to control the devil to in the 14th century actually being the devil himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So young men would dress up as goats and pull <laughs> pr- and pull pranks on people and demand gifts. So basically their Christmas tradition at the time was similar to what trick or treat Halloween mm-hmm. is now. You either give me a treat or I trick you, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So then Moving along again, by the 19th century, the Yule Goat was back to being the good guy in the story. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of dressing up as Santa Claus, the male members of a family would dress up as a goat Uh again, but this time to distribute gifts. Right. So... In modern time, people are no longer dressing up as goats or anything, but then the iconography of the Yule Goat Mm -hmm. is still very prevalent Mm -hmm. in the Christmas... It's still associated with Christmas. Okay. Hence, there being a 40-foot goat in the middle of the city square. <laughs> that's so All right. Good. So that's why Yavla has a Yule goat. Wow. Now, the other part of the what the F is that somehow, over time, um, the, the citizens of Yavla decided to start a tradition where 
every year they attempt to burn down the goats, oh, which no. is made out of straw. <laughs> <laughs> so since it was first erected in 1966, there have been 29 successful attempts <laughs> to burn down the, the yule goats. What people like this? What people like this? Trolls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the most recent successful burning of the yule goat was in 2016. So it's become such a big thing now <laughs> that um, when they put it now, when they put it up in December, you're able to follow a live stream mm-hmm. of the statue just to, you know, see the status, whether it's still standing Indian. or it's been burnt down. <laughs> and I actually went to have a look. Oh. So you go through the town's website mm-hmm. and there's their live stream, the Yule Goat. Oh, I'm going to check that it's out. It's currently standing. No one has burnt it down yet. But <laughs> then we yet. have a couple of, we still have what, a week and a half to, to go. go. yeah. So, yeah. And also, the Yavla Yule Goat is in the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. Wow. It first entered in 1985 as being the world's largest straw goat. <laughs> so there you are. That's incredible. Who knew? So much going on. I know. There's so much going on. <laughs> Going there. That's that's amazing. That's so amazing. that's why what the f this All week. Right. <laughs> Great. Okay, so Christmas to Um, it's not it's not as I have an opinion on anything. So I just go on a bit of a, of a bit of a ramble, I guess. So, <laughs> so by now you're either opening your gifts or you've opened them already, depending on where you are. Or you're getting ready to go to church, or you're preparing the Christmas dinner, or you're done with that and you're fighting about who's going to do the dishes. <laughs> or what or, should we watch on TV? Exactly. <laughs> or you're enjoying your family's company or not. <laughs> but whatever you're doing right now, just take a moment, take it all in and be thankful. Mm. For the little that you have, for the stacks of gifts that you may have received. Let this just be a moment of gratefulness. The year is almost coming to an end. It's been horrible. It's been great. It's been challenging. It's been exciting. Just take a moment and be thankful. Not everything may have gone smoothly, and that's okay. You may have gone through lots of failures and mistakes, and that's okay. Be thankful that you've made it this far. There's always something to look forward to. And um, my so my simple message really is just take a moment and be thankful. Mm. And with that, I wish you all a lovely Christmas. Thank you to our listeners. Of That's course, beautiful. you've been amazing. Just just be thankful. That's it. Short, short and sweet. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna seem so distant in no, comparison. No, no, no. <clears throat> but um, so my two passwords is on the Christmas miracle, Ooh. kind of. So as you know, like a lot of. Uh, movies and things that you watch around this time always center around something really miraculous Mm -hmm. or fortuitous happening at the last minute Mm -hmm. and saving Christmas. If you've watched It's a Wonderful Life, Mm -hmm. something like that happens. If you've watched, there's a movie called Miracle on 34th Street. Street. I don't know if you've seen that Mm -hmm. movie. Um, Even Home Alone has a few, you know, elements of Christmas miracles in Mm -hmm. there, you know. Mm -hmm. He survived. He beat the bad guys. He found that his scary neighbor was really a lovely old man. (laughs) All of that stuff. So I was thinking, I was like, do you know what? I've had a Christmas miracle of my own. So Mm. I'm going to, this, my two pesos is a story time. Nice. I love it. (laughs) Let me get my tea and my whatever. (laughs) Mind you, this did not even occur at Christmas, though. But I'm just saying. It's Christmas today, so that's that's all that matters. (laughs) I said loosely. So here we go. Okay, so... 
let's see, we're flashing back to what, 2003, I think it was, or whatever. So I was living in France at the time, and you know, my it was done. So I was gonna, it was July, I think. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was moving to England because that's, you know, I have family there, and I was gonna go there for the rest of the summer. And of course, I had three enormous and heavy suitcases because mm -hmm. that was the entirety of everything I had to represent my life at the time, you know, and the shipping and all that just wasn't an option. So everything had to fit in those suitcases mm -hmm. and I stuffed them in there and there we go. And uh, because poverty, <laughs> student <laughs> poverty, I wasn't flying to England. It was just there. So I was like, oh, I'll take the train. Train, train. Mm. So uh, here I am struggling with these cases, right? So at the train station, it was fine because the train stays on the platform for a while. So I took, I took them one by one and loaded them mm. on. I was like, listen, nobody's going to steal my suitcases. <laughs> so I was able to get them on, um, you know, so we leave my town. I was in Besançon. Mm. We get to Lyon. I changed trains. Hey. I did the same thing. Wow. And then finally I get to Paris. Now, by the time I get to the Paris train station, listen, I was like, exhausted. Exhausted, of course, <laughs> lugging those heavy things. Oh, hmm. God. And of course, you can't move. I can I have to move two to a point and then run back and get the third <laughs> one and bring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When I was first coming to France, actually, I did the same thing. And mm. then I, I flew. And so the porters and staff kept saying, ah, What's in here? What have you got in these <laughs> in my life possessions. So, sir, listen, this is it. There was no, there, I wasn't shipping anything. This is it. This is everything. So mm. it's like, oh, they complained the whole time. I think I obviously paid over, you know, I was overweight. But going back, yeah, we did train. So I get to Paris, Gare de Lyon. I'm exhausted. I have to change over to a different station, Gare du Nord, mm. uh, to catch the Eurostar. And that was going to take me to London. So I'm there. I was like, yeah, no problem. Because I had looked up online and they're like, the dif the um, distance between the two stations was only eight minutes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, when I get there, either I'll take a taxi or blah, 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 blah. Right. So I get there and I go ask. I was like, yeah, um, I need to take a taxi to Gare de, Gare de Nord. Mm. And they're like, you... Mm. Because by the time I got there, I had about 20 minutes oh, to Lord. get to the other station to catch to my catch train. train. Mind you... Again, because poverty. So if I had missed that train, I don't know. I'd, I'd have been stranded if they don't refund the ticket. Mm -hmm. Or regardless, I'd have had to sleep in the train station to the next day because nobody had money for anything <laughs> like hotel, yeah. anything like that, right? <laughs> so I went and I asked, and they were like, mm, yeah, you can take a taxi, but a taxi is going to take at least 30 minutes. And mm. I'm like, um, my train is leaving in like 15 mm. And it's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, well, then you're going to have to take the metro, the subway. Oh, with all those suitcases. So, okay. So I'm like, okay, this is not like train where the thing uh -uh. waits. and then this, uh -uh. You have about two, three minutes when the doors open and close. So there was just no way that I would be able to do that, my strategy of going <laughs> with two and coming back. For, and then people are much more hype on the subway yeah. that I've run off with by a suitcase. I know, seriously. So I'm, at this point, I'm literally standing there about to have a full nervous breakdown because I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was in panic mode. I was like on the verge of tears Aww. and everything. Then up walks one of the most attractive men <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. He was tall. Now, okay, so there are lots of um, West Africans, obviously, or Francophone Africans in France. Mm. And there are also a lot of Senegalese. Yes. Now, if you know Senegalese men, they're usually very tall, mm -hmm. right? 
So they're usually very tall and very dark, mm. speck and speck, mm. right? <laughs> so all that's left is the actual physique, you know, <laughs> and the face. Mm. So when everything comes together well, I'm telling you, like you, uh, the spe- <laughs> like they're beautiful. Like mm. when they're fine and well built, because they have the heights already, and the cut. Mm. <laughs> and he was that okay, mm. and he came up to me and he's like are you okay? And mm. I said, I am so not okay. Mm. I have now, it was like about 10 minutes or something, oh, 12 God. minutes. I have to be at Gardner or I'm going to miss my train. Mm. They said I have to take the subway because a taxi would be too long. And I have all these things. I don't know how I'm going to mm. get there. So he looked, I could tell he was going somewhere else. Mm. So I, he looked in the direction he was going in. Then he looked at me mm. and then he picked up my two suitcases like, follow me, let's go. What? So this guy took me to the... Because me- I didn't even know how to get, get there. Like, there. Mm-hmm. Took me, he paid for my fare, my met my subway pass and everything, took me all the way to the station. And meanwhile, I'm huffing and puffing trying to keep up oh, with him because he's like, we have to hurry. Mm-hmm. And he's tall and he's strong. So mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, and I, even mind. the one suitcase I had, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> rushing after him and we made it there with about three minutes before the train was leaving now so he puts the suitcases down and of course I catch up to him mm. after a while and I bend down to put mine down and I stood up to, to be like listen thank you so much mm-hmm. and that man had disappeared now, of course, it's a station, so it's like a very wide open space. So I turn around, and mind you, I said he was very tall. Mm. So I look, I did a 360, and the man had vanished. And there's no way he wow. could have, in like three or four or five seconds, that Just it took one, me to yeah. be out of my, my line of sight completely. Wow. So I was like, ah. And he didn't wait to, he didn't say, there were no goodbyes or anything like that or anything like that. We, and we didn't really talk much on the way because me, I was in a panic anyway. <laughs> but then I was just like, so when I sat on the train finally and I got over the fact that we were going under the sea because the Euro started going the Euro tunnel, right? And I was like, ah, but me, I'm claustrophobic. Why did I do this? I'm like, so we're going to be under the ocean for two hours. Yeah. After I got over all of that, I was like, no, man, that was crazy weird. Like, I've thought about that guy since. Now, I know Obinim is not an angel, <laughs> but if you push me into a corner, I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't know. It's like the cosmos sent Some, the yeah, perfect man to, to come me and help you. at the moment that I needed him most. And then when it was done, he literally vanished. So, wow. yeah, that was my Christmas. That's, that's a beautiful stuff. I've never heard this one before. I don't know if you're it's out beautiful. there and this sounds like it was you and you helped some struggling chick in 2003 because you never know how far this will go. I know. Holla at me. I wanted to say thank you for the past 15 years. Wow, that's great. Um, and if it was an angel to tell you, whoever is upstairs there, thank you because <laughs> my life was in shambles at that moment. That's so, great. That's when you least yes. expected. When you least expected. Yeah, it hasn't happened amazing. since. You know, I'm looking for a Christmas miracle right now. <laughs> To appear in my bank account or something. <laughs> but you know what? I've had more than, you know, but I've had my gift yes, already. Yes, absolutely. So. That's beautiful. So, That's yeah, beautiful. that was my little Christmas miracle. Oh, nice. And I'd also like to say, you know, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for allowing us to invade your Christmas space I on know. this day. And uh, we love you loads and loads. And enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy the new year. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be happy. Let's enter 2019 with full vim, full force, full positivity, full energy. 
cut out the dead weight out mm-hmm. of your life. Let them not carry over. Mm-hmm. Let the issues not carry over. Absolutely. All that. Let's start on a clean slate. And we'll see you in the new yeah. year. All right, then. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.